Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. But like, I don't got to be, you know, making so many moves. I'm a big, I'm a bigger guy. So, you know, just get there, do what you got to do, go. And it'll work out as the same as if I would have made some moves. You feel me? Is that LaVisca? LaVisca Chenault. Bingo card is ready. Come on, LaVisca. Come on, man. Bingo now. We're going to do, uh, we're going to do this in the next hour. Give me one thing. Sometimes I forget about it, but nice. I like it. Was on the email today? Nope. Okay. No email today. Did, uh, okay. So it wasn't my fault. You know what's crazy? No email today, and I probably had more time on my hands today than, like, ever. <laughs> Just didn't feel like communicating with the group. I was, like, holding... Well, I was doing other things. Golfing? But I just was, Golfing? Like, no, no, I okay. didn't. Okay. I was going to go hit golf balls. Yeah. I got, like, a swing tip yesterday, so now I want to go hit and see if I can make it work. <laughs> From who? Somebody legit? Jim oh, Furyk? Yeah. yeah, not Jim Furyk. All right. No, nah, but uh, good swing tip, and so okay. I like it, and so I want to see if it works. Okay. And But I but then it was raining. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm not doing that. So it's going to go work out. Yeah. Then I saw it was deadlifts, and I'm like, oh, don't feel it. <laughs> not feeling not it. Not feeling it. Starting no sweat November a little early. Not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> not feeling it. I was gonna Six go squats, the, I feel like that. It's going to be my third time this week yeah. going to the gym. Come on, Brent. The, I, the deadlift man, full body exercise? Yeah. The rain made me lazy or something today. You so can't I just go did wrong with deadlifts. Deadlift. All right. Dining like room or the kitchen table. I feel like deadlifts are the one like you use the oh, most, no, your back. the slightest oh, yeah. tweak in your 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 back. Thanks you for not going today. No, no, it's it it does hurt like yeah. a lot. Like I feel the most sore usually, which means I probably am doing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, or well, just not well enough, or I add a little bit more weight because I feel like I'm tougher than I am. Sure. Or something like that. And but then you're on the couch well, and that's the problem with deadlifts, right? Because it's the it's the lift you can add the most weight to, the most plates. Like yeah. squat, it's one thing, but deadlift you can add a lot more weight, obviously. So the ego starts to take over a little bit and it's like well this looks pretty easy all right there's some girls watching me let's put another plate on and then by that time you're not wearing a weight belt and your back gives out now you're on the ground crying yeah yeah i i i got over the girls watching me part a while ago <laughs> I, don't know. I mean i hear you man but i i hear you it's a little no it's now that girl's lifting more than me <laughs> You're not lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's what it is. Have you been to the YMCA's lately, man? There's uh, usually some crossfitters in there. Listen, that's like after it. I used to go to. We used to go to Orange Theory for a bit. Sure. And it was like 99% women. Yeah. There. Doing and like, handstand walks and yeah, stuff and, and, and crazy. When you're on the treadmill and your speed's at like six and a half or something, yeah. and the lady next to you dominating, is like 15 years older than you, and she's like 9.5, <laughs> and they're like, son of a. See this pretty. Tentures out, and she's got on the treadmill and it is soft cracker, and she's whooping your butt on the treadmill. So then you're going up, and then you then you put it up, you have seven point five, eight point yeah. five, and then you're like, <laughs> oh man. That's gonna be uh, how I feel watching the what is it, the senior tour this weekend? There's a senior tour for for golf. Yeah, oh, I got well, I played the watch? course last week, so now I'm gonna see what all the balls yeah. actually shoot. Don't do that. Is it guys or girls? Women or men? It's just God, do they do both? Is there a, they don't, they're on the senior tour for uh, women. No, I don't, okay. No. Huh. Um, it's called South Florida. A, okay. <laughs> it's called South Florida. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. So it was kind of lazy day to get to the point I probably could have done an email. <laughs> You're good, man. Uh, we work on a couple TV shows as well, but uh, I still could have done the email and just decided not to. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we got this. Yeah, yeah. We got this. Uh, speaking of, we got this. 
Never say I got it, right? Never no, say got you got this. it. That's, that's a Gus Bradley one-on-one for you. Um, a little thought or two about college football. It's a heck of a weekend, man. Yeah. I mean, this is – it feels like everything's back. I said at the top of the show because of some of the games we have. Check this schedule out. Florida and Texas A&M play at noon. Again, I think it says a lot that that game's at noon. And it's not the only top 20 game mm-hmm. at noon. Virginia Tech and North Carolina play. So you get a little bit of a sense of which one's for real there. Virginia Tech, North Carolina, especially North Carolina, who's top 10. You get Texas Oklahoma, which is always a noontime Red game. River rivalry, yeah. Uh, but it's got boy, a little that loss. I know. Luster. Who are you telling? Holy. Like, two weeks ago, it would have been like, I can't wait for this game. College game day is going to be there. <laughs> Forget that now. You know what's really interesting, right? Uh, most folks, uh, if you ask which the best neutral site rivalry game, mm-hmm. you got three to pick from, right? And you have to almost, like, Army Navy's, I, I want to go. It's on my bucket list. Uh, Red R- uh, River rivalry is the Texas Oklahoma, and people would say that is. Mm-hmm. And then here in town, Florida, Georgia, right here in Jacksonville, certainly can make the case. So pick your favorite one. The bottom line is, if you look back, even though the Gators have been down at times, and even everybody's always down a little bit versus the other. It feels like if you look at the matchups over the last decade, I would say Florida, Georgia has had the most marquee matchups. I mean, going back to, I think it was like 2012 when they were both top three in the country this year, we might get both top five in the country, you know, whether the team has been good enough or not, it feels like they've been in the top 10. Texas has been down for a bit now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now you've got Oklahoma losing a couple games in a row. Oklahoma's not in the top 25. Texas, loses, and they're 22 in the country. Like, I wonder, and I haven't seen a stat on this, but I wonder if this is, like, the lowest ranking mm-hmm. for both these teams combined in forever. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be. It feels like it. Back to the slate. Tennessee, Georgia, 330. I think that's a fun game. You can watch yeah. it on CBS 47 and SEC tonight. We'll follow that one, so we'll have a recap of it. But I want to see... First of all, Georgia, can they go back-to-back weeks? Auburn, Tennessee, and you can't sleep on Tennessee anymore. And the Vols, are they good? You know, how much back are they? Uh, we get a sense of it. Speaking of back, Miami gets a chance. Miami's had a couple of these chances over the last few years. Mark Richt had it one year when they were ranked in the top three in the country. Well, Miami's seventh in the country. They go to Clemson. It's a 7:30 kick. But they have a quarterback for the first time in a while that they like. He's playing good football in the Eric King. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're not in this class. Like, this is a different class, a company, with Clemson and Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Swinney. And by the way, that's not even a knock on Manny Diaz and Eric King. I mean, a lot of people aren't in the class of Clemson right now. But what a statement it would be if Miami can even hang, make it a game, make it interesting down the stretch. I don't even know if they have to win this game to make a yeah. statement on Saturday night to say, hey, look out now. We're here to stay. I hear you. You know, and it seems like every year Clemson has one of those games where it goes down to the wire, right? I think North Carolina was that game last year. Miami could be this game this year. I don't want to sell Miami short here. Obviously, Clemson's the favorite, as they should be. But to me, like, staying close is one thing if you're Miami. But I want to see them go out there with expectations to win this game, okay? Because right now, like, they seem to be clicking on offense, obviously. King looks like the real deal. And I think that if I'm Manny Diaz right now, I'm trying to tell his guys, listen, guys. This is our game to win. Let's go out there and do it. Yeah, this is basically the Super Bowl for them, yeah. or national championship is what it would feel like. Uh, and then there's Florida State Notre Dame later at night, which is a great name from a marquee standpoint. You put that one on a marquee like Florida State Notre Dame Saturday night, and then you go look at the line. Wait a minute. Notre Dame's favored by 21 points. Yeah. That's because 
Florida State, it ain't Florida State. No, no. You can hear that one right here, by the way, on ESPN 690. But uh, I went up to that game a couple years ago, Florida State, Notre Dame, and Notre Dame whooped them. Yep. Uh, and it wasn't close, and I got a feeling it's going to be the same way. See, the only thing, though, with Notre Dame, obviously, is the fact they haven't played in a while, right? And we've seen college football teams come out and be a little rusty those first half, even the first quarter. So if Florida State's got a chance, they got to pile it on in the first half, and hopefully Notre Dame can't respond to that. But I agree with you. I think this is Notre Dame's game all the way. One game I'm watching I'm gonna, and I'm interested in, Ole Miss, Alabama. Yeah. Lane, Lane Kiffin. Because, listen, like, the the story of Lane Kiffin and, and Nick Saban, it's like an abused relationship, right? Like, I'm reminded so many times of Nick Saban just, like, yelling and screaming at Lane Kiffin and Lane Kiffin's head down in his playbook. And you see Saban on the sidelines just, like, you know, tossing his hands up in there. What are we doing? Like, I don't think Lane Kiffin ever made Nick Saban happy one time. And I think they won, didn't they win championships together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Saban was never a big Kiffin guy. So I'm excited to see Kiffin go play Alabama. Obviously a very high powered offense right now. It should be a shootout pending the weather in that game. I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure they might have won the national championship, but they might have dismissed Kiff because Kiffin had taken the new job at FAU. Yeah. But they might have won, like, so he didn't coach in the national title game. Yeah. I think that's the case, if I remember correctly. Uh, Alabama. And Ole Miss uh, is a 7.30 kick, by the way. So you got a lot of good football games. Here's what I want to ask you. Oh, one other thought on that, too. Do you see the article? I retweeted it, uh, Mac Jones. The, the Mac Jones and Kyle Trask story in college football, I, I retweeted this. I said, this is what's great. Like, if you have kids in sports, show them Mac Jones, show them Kyle Trask. Show them that they weren't this 8th grade, 9th grade, 10th grade, 5-star guy. And look where they're at. They're at... Two of the best programs in college football leading the way, up for Heisman maybe, collision course in the SEC, maybe a national championship. I mean, look what's possible out there. It's it's one of the misconceptions, or at least I think there's like these subtleties about recruiting, that if you're not a five-star, if you're not a four-star, if you didn't go to Alabama, Florida, one of those places, all that stuff, if you're not the guy, well, then then you're never going to be the guy. (laughs) Well, no. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with an offer from a Power 5 school or not an offer from the Power 5 school. And I think these guys are great illustrations of it. Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, they go there. People say they never play there, but that's cool that you're there. And look at them now. Um, They they get better and better. They get coached. They stick to it. They don't transfer like everybody else does these days. And I'm not saying you shouldn't transfer. There might be an opportunity where you have to transfer. Mm -hmm. But these guys stick through it, stick through the mud, and here they are on the other side of it because of hard work, and, and now they've been given the opportunity, and they're taking advantage of the opportunity. I mean, these two guys are really, it's a great life lesson in a lot of different ways, yeah. um, but it, it's its the undertold story of what has become college athletics, you know, because, again, if you're not a four- or five-star kid, it's like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. No, without not a doubt. Case. Listen, you make a great point. In the in the world of four or five star recruiting and in the world where college football coaches tell you one thing and sometimes they do another thing, um, it is really cool to see guys like Trask. It is really cool to see guys like Mac, uh, Mac Jones with the fact that they have mine and their time. They put the work in and now they're reaping the benefits of that. And let's keep in mind, I mean, maybe two Heisman Trophy, um, you know, finalists here to say the least. So Could be. it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So if I, I just said, if you had to pick one game, you got Florida, Texas A&M, Virginia yeah. Tech, North Carolina, Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Georgia. You have yeah. Miami, Clemson, Alabama, Ole Miss, Florida State, Notre Dame right here on ESPN 690, by the way. 730 kick for that one in South Bend. I give you one. Yeah, listen, I'm not the Tennessee believer quite yet. Okay, I think they're going to let people down like they always do, so I'm not going to go with that game. Go ahead and give me Miami. Go ahead and give me Clemson. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, by the way. 
it just says a lot that I'm not even sure in top three on my list is Texas, Oklahoma. No, which is crazy, right? Isn't that wild? Yeah. So, because uh, those have been some fantastic games too in the past, it seems like I actually am intrigued by Tennessee, Georgia, okay. even more so. I I think I'm not a believer in Miami just yet. Mm-hmm. I think Miami might get throttled tomorrow night, um, just because it's such a different, it's such a step up in class, mm-hmm. in my opinion, uh, and I, there's no way they've closed that gap. So I I think they're in a little bit of trouble, especially on a Saturday night in Clemson, uh, even without the full capacity fans. Uh, so I like Tennessee, Georgia. I think it's a sneaky game for the Bulldogs here uh, to to look out for between the edges. So let me ask this then: <clears throat> Do you believe in Tennessee more than you believe in Miami right now? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I do. Okay. Um, I I I've got to see more. I believe in what. Uh, I think I believe in everything they built. Now the difference is I don't believe in Tennessee's quarterback near as much as I believe in Miami's quarterback. Sure. But I think they're a little bit better, and they just have snuck in there. Like Miami, we, I feel like maybe it's because we talk about Miami a little no, bit more. No, they're, they're, but they're Tennessee a lot more is kind around of all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute now. Everybody's Quietly. talking about Florida and Georgia. Yeah. Florida and Georgia in the SEC East. It's Florida and Georgia. But now SEC, now they're 2-0 and and they get an opportunity here good point. early in the season. So I think this is a sneaky game for the dogs. That's a good point. Uh, we'll see what happens on a Saturday afternoon in uh, college football. Meanwhile, a lot of big sports going on. Uh, Lakers. They cruise tonight, right? I mean, is there any doubt? It's a coronation. I mean, it, do you give anything to Jimmy Butler and, and the Heat? Any chance tonight? I, if they're wearing the black Mamba jerseys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, this. Yeah, I, I mean, listen. I think go the, sip on a cup of coffee, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. So just sit on the sidelines in this one. Listen, the, the last time um, I was looking into this game a little bit, and LeBron James is undefeated in in terms of games to close out the series. He's undefeated. Um, LeBron James. I mean, listen, he's he's had a, a, a pretty good series. I think you could probably give him the MVP. Maybe Anthony Davis has something to say about that, right? But to me, like this is the exclamation point, right? Like, this is the game that LeBron James takes over, where he was looking to pass maybe and slow the clock down. I, I think LeBron. LeBron James is going to go, um, all systems go in those black mama jerseys, obviously, and do this thing for Kobe Bryant and put the team on his back. So I think this is the game that the Lakers obviously won, first of all. I think it's the game that LeBron James cements himself as the finals MVP as well. Does this, if they win tonight, which I think they yeah, will, yeah, yeah. if they win tonight, does this do anything to LeBron's legacy? Like, does it add to the legacy? Yeah. Is it just another number in the legacy? Because LeBron's legacy is full of numbers. Yeah. Like you, again, you depends who you ask. If you ask the younger generation, like, hey, it might be the greatest of all time. If you ask the older generation, no way in heck. He's not better than Michael Jordan. The bottom line is, if you look at any statistical number, he's going to be at number one on every list. Like, his playoff numbers are ridiculous. If you start looking at it, I think it's like 248 playoff games. He's never missed a playoff game. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is astounding. At his age, but also speaks to his body and what he's able to do and get it ready for this time of year. Yeah. Uh, and what obviously the points, and I think he's second in three-pointers made, and soon enough probably be first in three-pointers made. I mean, the numbers are ridiculous. So outside of a number meaning the fourth title, does it really do anything to his legacy? See, to me, that's why this game is so important tonight, right? Because what if we talked about this entire bubble? We talked about Luka. Like, Luka had that game. Jamal Murray kind of had that series. Um, Jimmy Butler's had his game. 
we haven't really talked about a LeBron James game quite yet, right? And the reason why, and there's a lot of reasons, obviously, you know, I feel about Michael Jordan, but to me, what makes Michael Jordan so great and, and so storied is the fact that when he was in these moments, he took the game over. He didn't pass the ball. He, put, he took it upon himself and was dropping, di- you know, dropping points after points after points. With LeBron James, it's a little different where he can facilitate and pass and things like that. I think that if Le- LeBron James adds the exclamation point tonight and just goes off for like 40, maybe even 50 points, then it's like, okay, he, he truly is the guy and his legacy has helped. I think if it's just kind of a, eh, it's an okay game and they still win, I mean, everyone had the Lakers winning anyways. I think it's how you go about finishing your, your business and handling your stuff. I, I think we're, I agree with you that, mm-hmm. that he has to have a game that everyone can kind of point back to. But I also think from a numbers standpoint, Brent, like you were saying, this will now be the third team he's done it with. So to a legacy aspect, you know, in in 40 years from now when maybe we're having this debate, the I don't know if they'll be talking about games specifically. They'll just the, the blanket statement will be, well, LeBron did it with three different teams. And so yeah. I think that part will be big. But again, we kind of expect them to win already. But I will take it back to the, the Black Mamba uh, jerseys. Don't you feel like that gives extra motivation to the Heat? Because the Lakers are like, oh, we, we're we're in victory formation. We're putting on our winning winning shirts, yeah. you know. And then I Butler's, just think they know, man. Butler's the last person you want to do that to, though. Listen, here's what. Well, here, I don't know about that. I, think he, he I don't know about do the so last person. This, yeah. But l- listen, I think when you played football, mm-hmm. all right, when you watched the tape, yeah, it, before a game, you knew if you had a good chance to win that game, or if you were in for it, or this is going to be a battle now. Like, when you put on that Chiefs tape right now, if you're the Jags inside that building, sure, you play with confidence. You think, if I do this, we do this, then we got a chance to win. But you look at it, and you're like, we need to do this, 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 and win. Not just, if you're playing Houston, we need to do this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. right? So, they know. Uh, LeBron James knows. LeBron Mm -hmm. James knows if he plays 80% of his normal self and Anthony Davis plays normal self, they got this game tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like That's why they're wearing the uniforms. Yeah. They know this is the closeout game. I don't think there's a doubt in their mind. So Mike Wise said this. Uh, he he tweet, I saw this tweet last night. I think it was last night, yeah. In anticipation of LeBron James haters 24 hours from now, I've come up with ammo. I covered his first <laughs> playoff game in 2006. 14 years later, he's yet to miss one of 258. 258 playoff games. Yeah. Closest to him is John Stockton at 182. Isn't that wild? I mean, that's what a wild. gap. He's also 38-10 and 10 in closeout games, number one at almost 80%. He has been to nine of the past 10 NBA Finals, 10 of the last 13. Players who never went to one NBA Finals, Grant Hill, Chris Paul, Dominique Wilkins, Chris Webber, Steve Nash. No player has ever led three different franchises to an NBA championship. He says Michael Jordan will always yeah. be the most scintillating, spectacular player I ever covered. But I can no longer deny LeBron James' longevity, numbers, and the fact that he's one of the game's greatest passers ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you know he goes on and on. But it, it's just interesting to hear the numbers like that. The raw numbers are just unbelievable. When it comes to uh, uh, LeBron James, remember I gave you the bird stat, right? I was yeah, kind of yeah, having yeah, fun with it. for sure. Well, what's wild about that, I was telling Ty, I was like, see the bird stat, and he had seen it. Well, Bird did it in like 87. Mm-hmm. It was like 500 points, 150 rebounds, 150 assists, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, LeBron's done it like six times. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's done it six times in the yeah. playoffs. I mean, it's well, just, uh, it's unbelievable, the numbers. How, how much stake do you put in the fact that he's doing it with his, with his third team now, right? Because I'm reminded of like Robert Ory, right? Robert Ory is remembered for a lot of reasons. Guys won seven championships with, I think, three different teams. 
No one remembers Robert Ory for winning with three different teams. Everyone no. remembers Robert Ory for hitting those game-winning three-point shots yeah. to propel the team to win the game. So, like, to me, it's all about the shot or the points that you score more opposed to how many championships you win with different teams. I do think there's something to it because because if you think uh, and about it's it. And it's different because Ori was never a leader. Well, you know? True. Like, yeah. he, and, and this is a day and age where I'm not even sure when Ori was playing, you had these these player architects, especially, you know, yeah. that's what he is. I mean, LeBron is the greatest architect of all and time. I, and like, I would say with LeBron, like for like in terms of like replays that we'll see, I think the replay that will always be played for LeBron James first will be the block on Iguodala. Like absolutely. I think yeah, that absolutely. block will yeah. always be number and, one. And you know what? It's still the most significant title yeah. he's ever had because it brought Cleveland, his hometown. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that. I know the Lakers organization is way up here yeah. compared to Cleveland, but that is his most significant title. He came back home, delivered yeah. it for his hometown, and, and broke a streak in a city that's lost a bunch. When Correct. they were definitely not the favorites to win that. Against, like you said, an all-time team. Yeah. Yeah. Like a dynasty team. Yeah. So and he, and you know he did it, right? I mean that was him. You know, South Beach and, and Miami stuff, although he won a couple, is still to me third on the list. Mm. This is now the Lakers. He did it with an organization that was whatever yeah. in Cleveland, and now he's done it with essentially the Yankees, Celtics, and yeah. that kind of organization of the NBA. So this is significant. And I think that because of the different stories, the three are significant. I think it also begs the question of this, and we never got to see, so it's probably impossible to answer, but why not raise it? In the in the greatness conversation of MJ and LeBron and all this stuff, could, Le- could Michael Jordan have done what LeBron has done? Could he have gone to three different organizations mm-hmm. and won titles? Mm-hmm. Because he won six, but it was... With the these par- now he had different parts, but he had the same coach. He had the same uh, Batman and Robin partner, right? The sure. sidekick. Sure. And then he obviously had different players, and and he had the ups and downs. He had to get by Detroit. He had the year off. He had all these things. There's greatness involved in that too. We just saw it in the Last Dance. But it does beg the question: Could he have gone to somewhere else, built a team and a dyna- and a team that could win it? Gone yeah. to somewhere else, and I. I think uh, maybe he could have in this day and age. It yeah. just wasn't the the times back then. People didn't do that. Sure. I think with basketball more than any other sport, that if you have the proper mindset and you're one of the best players in the league, you can win championships. Like in, in the NFL and in Major League Baseball, that, that doesn't always ring true, right? But if you have that work ethic, and obviously, you know, we saw that during the, the Last Dance documentary. I mean, we saw the mindset of Michael Jordan. I think he would have had that regardless if he was in Chicago, if he was playing in San Antonio or wherever. Like, I, I guess, and maybe I'm just a little biased, and it is what it is, but I just think a guy that worked that hard at his craft and a guy that wanted to win so much that he sacrificed so much, he was going to win wherever he was. Yeah. Now, would it, would it be as much as he won in Chicago? Maybe not. But I think he would have won championships wherever. Yeah, it's hard to say he wouldn't have, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if he was playing with Dwayne Wade and others down in Miami, he probably would. If he's playing with Anthony Davis, he probably would. Sure. Uh, I think the fair, the, the wonder, the curiosity is Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's, like you said, that's the, that's the LeBron James signature because it wasn't by himself, but it felt by himself, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in a lot of different ways. I, I will say this. I don't know how we, we don't argue it this way. The numbers are going to stack up in so many respects to showcase LeBron. The championships are going to su- showcase MJ, the clutch shots, the moments, the images in our mind. Uh, but I don't think there's ever been a player with the IQ and understanding of 
the game and what it takes to build a team and win yeah. like LeBron. I, I think he's a di- – I know, listen, the thirst, the hunger, the competitive nature of MJ, that's different than the IQ that I'm talking about of even LeBron. I mean, I think he's the smartest player to play the game. Well, without a doubt. And this is kind of the crazy thing about this conversation, right? Because we, we live in a sporting world where it's all about rankings and it's all about saying, well, he's the best, and it's all about definition. It's all about, like, you know, I mean – exact things, right? Well, you can make cases for LeBron James, and you can make cases for Michael Jordan. I think they're both great players for their own separate reasons, right? And at the end of the day, like if you want to talk about the greatest football player of all time, well, you can think of quarterbacks out there, or you can think of running backs, right? This is that same kind of realm where it's mm-hmm. like LeBron James and Michael Jordan, they're two completely different players that are great in their own outright, but like to compare them and go back and forth, like, he's the greatest. I mean, you know, I think Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time, and you're never going to change my mind because to me, he was a scorer, and I think scoring is the most important part of basketball. Just my opinion. But you can make cases for LeBron, too. So, obviously, if LeBron wins tonight, we're going to hear those conversations again. Who's better, LeBron or MJ? Just be thankful that, that if you're around, you get to see both those yeah. legacies. Dude, not many people can say that. Like, that, my son never knows who Michael Jordan is going to be. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's a great yeah. point. It's a great point. And, uh, listen, I would sit here right now, and you have Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods, and I would sit here in my yeah. lifetime. I won't see anybody that will challenge Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas as the greatest players of all time. I don't yeah. think we will. All right? That's how good they were. But I think the greatest compliment maybe to LeBron James is that now we ask that question. Mm-hmm. Like, Less than, or maybe a little bit more than 20 years later, Mm -hmm. he's put himself in a conversation where we even ask the question, is he better than Michael Jordan? Yeah. I mean, that alone is so significant, in my opinion, and especially when he did it with all the hype. He's had this kind of hype since eighth grade, man. There is nobody that's ever lived up to the hype like LeBron James. Nobody in sport. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe Tiger Woods, actually, when he was two, people thought he was going to be great. So maybe those two guys. But especially in a team sport, though, where you have to get along with a lot more people, it's very impressive what LeBron it's, James has been able to accomplish. It's wild. Uh, we'll see if he closes it out tonight. NBA Finals, you can hear that on ESPN 690 at 8.30 right after live, local, and uh, loud. When we come back, we finish up a week. Uh, a little more thought on the uh, Jags-Texans game. And also, uh, can the Rays win? Can the Rays please win? <laughs> <laughs> Next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Well, listen, if we wanted to just bump WWE by like a half hour or a few minutes, yeah. we should have just rolled your your highlight tape. Oh. Austin Lane. Oh, and there it is. And now Brent's playing ball. All of a sudden, Chapman throwing some high heat at me. Watch out for that suspension, Brent. Real quick, though. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I mean, everybody be talking about me. You know, they, they talk about, like, how big I am, like the defensive guys and all that type of stuff. And, yeah, once they know I'm in motion, everybody. Watch him. He's reverse, reverse. Like, it's always something um, that they're thinking I'm about to do, and it's fun because they don't know what I'm about to do. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do either, LaVisca Chenault. I love it. Yeah. What, what will he do next? Most unique offensive player in Jaguars history, in my opinion. LaVisca Chanel. I was thinking about this today again, uh, and we'll see how it plays out. Yep. But I've said on the show before, Keenan McCardell, mm-hmm. I think, is potential star material in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially, if he wants to be like a head coach in the league, I don't know what his sure. aspirations are. I'm assuming if you're a coach, you might want to be that. Uh, but not well, everybody does. Every, yeah, not everybody yeah. does. Yeah. 
but uh, I would think. I and think it, being a former player himself, he still has that competitive thing about him. I think so, so too. I would say he wants and to And he's be. got time, but I think he's a star, though, at, at least in his position group. Mm-hmm. I think he's done if, – if you look at what he's done with these guys, and since he's been in Jacksonville, I think he's done a great job. Yeah. I mean, he's getting the most out of Keelan Cole. I yeah. think DJ Chark is developing. I think I think LaVisca Chenault, because he was asked about him today's news conference, and it struck me. I was like, hey, you know, McCardell, who played so physical, I love to play the physical brand of that uh, receiver, and Chenault, they should get. I mean, that's a great le- guy to learn from. Sure. He loves that physical receiver style. So that will be a great marriage for LaVisca Chenault early in his career. Say what you want about you know the, the Jaguars coaching here the, the past decade or so, but it seems like they've had a bunch of great like wide receiver coaches. Like I'm reminded of like Jerry uh, Jerry Sullivan. I think Jerry Sullivan, Sullivan was, was fantastic. A, was a yeah. heck of a coach, man. He was a great guy too. I, I enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, they have turned the wide receiver room around. That's one mm-hmm. thing. It it'll be like you know who knows if Dave Caldwell makes it. You know, whatever. But it will be the one position that they have turned. Mm-hmm. Maybe two because they have more sacks here in the last few years than they had for a long, long time in, in elite pass rushers. Now they went and got Calais Campbell. But Josh Allen, they drafted. Jan, they drafted. I mean, they had a long time where they were trying to find that position. Hey, I, I, I know about that, Brent. <laughs> but even early on, <laughs> I was brought in and trying to do it, something about it. But even in the early years, like if you look at the number, they're like, okay, that, uh, that guy was good. But was he yeah. great? Yeah. You know, outside of like Tony Brackens, who's, mm-hmm. who's unbelievable. So... It's an interesting deal what they've done with the pass rush spot, but I think the receiver spot might even be more so because in this day and age where you better score, you better find receivers, they went from 05 to 14, I think it was, 2005 to 2014 without a 1,000-yard receiver until Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns did it. Mm -hmm. And now DJ Shark does it last year. And now they've got guys. And so uh, I think a big part of that, though, is Keenan McCardell and Jerry Sullivan and guys like that. So they have done a good job at the wideout position. They've attracted talent. Uh, I tell you, it's floating around social media, too. But it does still bum you out that Allen Robinson isn't on this team. Mm. You saw I mean, last night again, huh? Yeah, you yeah. just every time you watch him play, it, it, he's sneaky good, man. Yeah. Sneaky good. And, and, and you know what that means? Like, So when you say sneaky good, like, you know who was, like, sneaky good to me? Andre Johnson of the Houston Texans. Yeah, great call. H- hated playing against that guy. But do you know why he was sneaky good? He was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, but he was quiet. He didn't have that prima donna ego kind of um, personality, right, Like that, that you're so known for the, the the wide receiver position, whether it's you know Chad Johnson, whether it's Terrell Owens. Like the receiver position, it's filled with ego and me, me, me. And I get the sense of Allen Robinson like he's not really like that. Yeah, I – I, I, st- I didn't like when they let him go, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. or that it didn't work out. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say, you know, com- again, we go back to the story. They offered yeah. him, you know, then he gets the ACL and then uh, they obviously the next offer was lower yeah. after the ACL. And Chicago comes in with a big offer. And good now, for him for believing in himself, going someplace else and getting more money. And not only that, I think he's happier over there. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he was going to be a career Jacksonville guy, not given the stuff that's happened. Mm-hmm. But now you look at his resume and you're like, my gosh, I mean, if you could get this guy with any of the – there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL now. Like, he would be better off playing, I think, with even Gardner Minshew here in Jacksonville now. Absolutely. right? Or name your quarterback. But he's – Gets you know he's stuck with Bortles at the time and he's stuck with Trubisky and Foles is going to be hot and cold. There'll be good moments, but you don't know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a guy doing it with. I'm not sure there's been a receiver in the NFL that has done more with less. And, and that's that's the point, Brent. Too right. Like obviously, right now with Allen Robinson, it's all about hey, getting a new contract, getting a new contract. 
What sucks about the wide receiver position so much is the fact that your next contract depends solely on how good your quarterback is. It really does. Because, I mean, if you're a wide receiver, you can only do so much. If the ball's not going to come to you or if the ball's, you know, overthrown, underthrown, like, you can only do so much with that. And obviously we look at yards. We look at yards after catch. We look at touchdowns. And it just stinks because, like, obviously a defensive end. If you get sacks, you get sacks. You know why? Because you can be a defensive end, go out there, and do what you have to do. A wide receiver, you're kind of the quarterback's mercy a little bit. So I agree with you. I do feel bad for Allen Robinson because he's putting up numbers and he's doing it with a mediocre quarterback cast at best. Yeah, he's fun to watch. I think he got targeted a bunch of times. At least, you know, he's busy. They're not ignoring him. Yeah, That's one thing. They're leaning on him. Uh, and and he, he usually delivers. So uh, fun to watch. It'd be People were throwing out there yesterday. I think they'd throw out like DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault. And if you had Allen Robinson in the mix, I mean, now you're talking about this dynamic receiving core. And then I think they threw in like, go draft Kyle Pitts, right? Oh, and go, but Brent, seriously, come on, man. But, but see, like we say that, come on. And you're like, oh, well, we, we you don't need that. See, the no, NFL, I'm just saying it'd be awesome. I, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, we're yeah. all saying it'd be awesome, yeah. awesome. But it's like building a video game. Yeah. Well, I think that's worth repeating that the NFL is like building a video game on offense now. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are that way. You know, there have been other teams over the years, whether it's the Patriots that have been that way. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bucks right now are a little bit like that, even though it didn't look like it last night. Mm-hmm. It, I think uh, Arizona is trying to build it like that. Mm-hmm. So there are teams that are building video game offenses. I think Baltimore has tried to do it with a different kind of style that way. Sure. And the bottom line is, I believe you better keep building it like a video game because the rules aren't changing. The defense is as hard as it's ever been, and the offense has the advantage. And as long as that's the case, you better outscore. You're not going to be like Chicago last night and win many 2019 games. You're not going to do it. You better rely on an off night or a tremendous defensive effort, uh, turnovers, whatever it might be. So, this isn't going away. This is not like a, hey, the pandemic caused defenses not to be able to do this or that. This is not going away. This is the new NFL. Mm-hmm. The NFL is the Big 12. <laughs> you know, the SEC has become the Big 12. And while there's still defense and hard hitting and more of it than you will see in the Big 12, you get my point. Yep. You're playing a video game on offense. And so to dream like that of how many chips can you get in your corner? Mm-hmm. How many chess pieces can I have as an offensive coordinator? like Andy Reid, like Eric Bieniemy, and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not like they shied away from him, man. It's not like they said, hey, you know, we got enough. Yeah. No, we're no, gonna go, no instead we're going to go get uh, um, Michael Hardman yeah. from Georgia. Yeah. right? We're going to yeah. add another fast guy. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And they go get Edwards Allaire. Yeah. We're going to add another guy. Yeah. So that's what you have to do. No, well, without a doubt, right? And that's the difference to, to me between, like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs is that the Kansas City Chiefs have done it in-house, right? Like, some could say they took chances a little bit on maybe these short, speedy guys, but you know what? It works for Andy Reid because Andy Reid knows exactly what he wants out of his players. Like, he has a, uh, a certain type, and it's not everybody's type, but as the Chiefs are showing us right now from last year winning a Super Bowl and obviously having a lot of success this year, it's that that's the type to win ball games right now. It's those explosive weapons where if you're a defense, okay, we shut him down, but then how do we shut the other guy down? Like there's just too many things. You know, it's kind of like being like in a ship and there's like 10 holes you got to clog and you can't clog all those holes. So you're going to sink eventually. The question is, what holes do you want to clog before you sink? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, speaking of, the Jags go play Houston. <laughs> and clogging, holes. clogging holes for both teams. <laughs> 
Uh, listen, I think this is the season for both of these teams. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it saves your season and you go to the playoffs. I'm just saying, if you don't win this, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. It's you might what you're going to sprinkle in a win here or there because it's the nature of the NFL. But any chance at rescuing this over the next month for both the Texans and the Jags? Uh, because keep in mind, in, in the NFL, as we know, it's not not like everybody's going to show up like the NFC East and be one and two in first place. Yeah. But what we do know in the NFL is Philip Rivers could go down in a heartbeat in Indy, and that changes. Heck, the Titans can't even get on the field this year right now. So you don't know what's going to happen. And they're only a couple of games back at the moment in the AFC South. So we've seen it before. We're like, if you only won this game, well, you might have made it. Yeah. There's also an extra team in the postseason this year. So I think for both of these teams, if they're going to get momentum, go on a run, this game, uh, or at least try to be in the mix, this game is vital. Uh, if you if you win it, I'm not saying they will go on a run. But if you lose it, I'm saying season's over. Yeah. In terms of that expectation, no, I, I agree with you, and I wholeheartedly believe, wholeheartedly believe right now that if you're in that locker room for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have to expect the best version of the Houston Texans all year coming out this Sunday. I was in that locker room when Jack Dario got fired and Mel Tucker took over, and we wanted to win those games for Mel Tucker because we respected him that much. I sense that Romeo Cornell kind of has that same prestige about him a little bit. I think players respect him. You saw that in Florida State last year when Taggart got let go, right? Where And I forgot the, the gentleman's name that took over for Taggart, but like the, it seemed like they all wanted to play for him. Odell Higgins. Thank you very much. Odell Higgins. So, like... Sometimes, you know, it's that little spark when things are going so bad. Obviously, with Bill O'Brien, he's gone now. You got Romeo Cornell, obviously, in a situation where he probably doesn't want to be in per se, where he maybe didn't see it coming, but now he's there while the players want to play for him. So believe me when I say this will be probably the most aggressive, um, you know, the, the, the most heart that the Houston Texans will have all year. And it just begs the question, can the Jaguars match that? Yeah, uh, it'll be... I think it's a tall task. I, I think there is a little bump. I think this is bad timing for the Jags. I feel like if O'Brien didn't get fired, I might pick the Jags. Mm. Like, I actually think that's how much it's weighing mm -hmm. into this. I feel like if, if the revolt words were correct, mm -hmm. the rally around J.J. Watt, who then revolted against the coach, and again, for a very likable coach, and, mm -hmm. and I just think of a team that has enough veterans on it, like, well, at least we got that crap done with. Yeah. Now let's go play football, yeah. right? And I feel like – and and by the way, whether all that happened or not, Murphy's Law says Houston's due to play a decent game. Correct. Houston's due to get a win. Like, I don't like facing a team that's winless in the NFL. Not after four weeks. No. Because they're due. It's yeah. just not, nobody. It's hard to keep losing, especially when you have a franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. It's a tough. I think it's a bad timing game for the Jags. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're going to play poorly. I just think it's a bad timing game. So uh, hopefully it's an entertaining game. It's fun. Maybe the Jags pull it out. You know, because I do think this is the one. This is a game I want to see. Remember, in our six steps of success, can the Jags find that resiliency? Can mm -hmm. they go bring that lunch pail on that plane to Houston and go to work and? Haven't seen it that much in the last couple of weeks, if we're being honest. So I want to see if they can find that again as a young football team uh, and they get a chance to do it against Houston. By the way, game on CBS 47, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Got a lot to tell you about, uh, and that includes tonight we'll have our Blitz scoreboard show. we got a ton of games in the area once again, 9 o'clock until 10 o'clock. Because of the NBA Finals, that show won't be on the radio. 
which we like to bring it to you on the radio. Mm-hmm. But I want to remind you that it's really not the best part of that show, even though I don't want to say turn off the radio. The best part of that show is on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We get to show you some of the action from around the area. So if you like high school football, make sure you check that out. We'll also introduce a segment tonight called the Blitz QB High Five. Okay. We're going to give you the five top quarterbacks, at least for this week, yeah. coming into the week. A uh, new segment we're doing. We're going to rank a few of the quarterbacks, and we'll have our Athlete of the Week brought to you by Honda the Evans. Just going to say that, actually. You stole the words right from my mouth. I'm trying to help ready? you out, man. You're trying to help ready? you out. Yep, I'm ready for you. All right. Yeah. Uh, so we have our nominees, and we'll, the vote is finishing up right now, and we'll have uh, the winner of our Athlete of the Week. I'll be out of the couple games. I'm headed that way. A busy weekend, a fun weekend. Yes, sir. Give me one thing. What you doing this weekend? One thing what I'm going to do, you know what? I'm going to tune in and watch this game tonight. Um, if it indeed is the final game of the season for the NBA, uh, I want to see the Kobe tribute. I want to see LeBron James hoist the trophy. Listen, I'm a big Michael Jordan guy, but I respect LeBron James like you wouldn't believe. I, I, I am interested to see the Kobe tie-in. Yeah. From the emotion standpoint. Sure. Right? Yeah. Sucker for a story, and I want to see how that kind of develops yep. tonight and what that looks like. Uh, give me one thing. Just give me a raise win, baby. It's <laughs> as easy as that. <laughs> give me a raise win tonight. Come gonna, on. Hey, if it happens, though, it's going to come with a couple stand home runs. I don't it's care. Gonna happen. It's just stand, a couple it's stand home runs, runs as long as the raise score more. All right. I like it. Cruz? I hope Marcel's listening. I'm going to a wedding, and I'm wearing a blue suit with a black belt and black shoes. My man. Yep. Buck those fashion trends. You're doing your own thing. I if like it. If our moms are listening, yeah. they'd be like, you can't wear black and blue together, coos. Read JQ, hey, read GQ magazine one time and talk to me about it, mom. It's in right now. You can wear stripes and polka dots and everything you together. You can do whatever you, you want to do, clash. man. It, nothing matters. Yep. March to the orchestra of your own drum. You that can, doesn't sound right, but no, it's all right. But you can do anything you want. March to the beat of your own orchestra, not your drum. There it is. Yeah, whatever. We'll go with it. Whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that means, man. Brent, we got fantasy this week. I don't even know. I'll tell you what, Scotty Miller. You're cut from the team, by the way. I'm playing Coos right now. Laid a big goose egg for me last night, but don't worry, Coos. I ain't nervous just yet. Still got some good players coming up. What's up, Josh Jacobs, Devin Cook? I see ya. Live local loud coming up next on ESPN 690. We'll see you on TV tonight and back here later tonight on ESPN 690.